text that was read uh, earlier from the Gospel of Matthew, I want to share with us that second verse. Matthew chapter 2, verse 2 will serve as our text for this morning. And it reads, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Amen. I want to share this morning from the subject of in place. In place. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you, God, for how you continue to bless us over and over and over again. We ask now, Father, that you would be with us in this time of sharing. We ask, God, that you would allow your Holy Spirit to overshadow this vessel, God, and use me for your will and for your glory. Have your way, Father. Have your way, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank and we pray. Amen. In place. A lot of times when we are doing certain events, one of the challenges is getting everyone in place. Uh, we so often find that if we're not in place, it makes things a little difficult. It makes things sometimes almost impossible because everyone and everything is not in place. Even this morning as I was preparing or we were preparing for service and I started to look out in the pews and I noticed that everybody wasn't in place. And it started to get, you know, it's, it's a little challenging, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna preach anyhow, amen. And when we think about the fact of being in place, and the thing is this, when we uh, oftentimes have events on our personal selves, we want everything in place. Amen. We want everybody in place. We want all of the details and everything taken care of. And everything has to be in place. And everything needs to be on point. Well, when it comes to God, God is just like that. He wants everything in place. He wants everything to be on point. He wants us to already have worked out the details. He wants us to already have gotten things prepared. And he wants us to be intentional about making sure that we are in place. There are certain things that God wants to do through us and he, certain works that God wants to work through us. But how can he do it if we're not in place? Amen, lights. When we talk about being in place, and often when it comes to ministry, ministry doesn't happen if the people aren't in place. Hallelujah. Ministry is hard to go forth if people aren't in place. It is hard to get things going in ministry if, if the right people aren't in place. And being in place means that you're in position and ready to act. You're in position and you're ready to move. You're in position and you're ready to engage. But so often, sometimes we find ourselves being out of position and not in position to be able to carry out what God has called us to do. In other words, we're not in place. 
But if we look at the text before us this morning, I want us to be able to see that there are times when we have missed the activity of God because we were out of place. However, we can be in place when we get clarity by seeking answers to our question and desire to truly worship God. When we are seeking those answers and we can get in place seeking the answers that we are looking for so that we can truly worship God. One of the first things that I hope that we understand and see out of our text is this. There are questions to be answered. There are questions to be answered. If you notice in the text, it told us that the wise men asked questions. They said, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Where is this newborn king that is born king of the Jews? That is a question that the wise man asked. Now, there are a whole lot of questions that have been asked, and there are a whole lot of questions that continue to be asked when it comes to the Christian faith. But I want us to just focus on the question that was asked in the text that's before us, because I think it is the most important question that we could ever ask in life. Where is the king of of the Jews. Where is this newborn king of the Jews? In other words, where is Jesus? That's the question that most of us have already asked and I hope have had answered is where is Jesus? And, and I pray that you've accepted him into your life because when we answer that question, where is Jesus? And, and we began to seek the answer to that, we can find Jesus. Just like your shirt said, Jesus ain't hard to find. And when we understand that Jesus is there for us to find, he's there for us because, first of all, he's not lost, but we just have to find out and discover where he is and who he is. And these wise men have embarked on a journey to discover Jesus. And oftentimes the non-believers are the ones who have the questions. And the challenge for us is that we ought to be able to answer the questions. And when we talk about being able to tell somebody where Jesus is, how can they find Jesus? Are you able to tell somebody how they can find Jesus? Are you able to tell somebody how they can gain a relationship with Jesus Christ? Are you able to do this or are you still challenged yourself in discovering how to find Jesus? Or are you still challenged yourself in how you can share with others how they can come into a relationship with Jesus? Well, it should be easier for us by now if we are believers in Jesus Christ. We ought to know the way, and we ought to be able to tell others the way. That's the challenge that we have as believers in the body of Christ, is to be able to know the way and then tell others the way to Christ. If we already know the way, if we already know how to get to Christ, then we ought to be telling others the way to Christ. We ought to be telling others that there is a Savior that saved. There is a Savior that came into the world, and he's there for us if we need him. He's there for us to save our soul. There's a Savior that has come into the world, and he wants to redeem us. There's a Savior that has come into the world, and he wants to make our lives better. There's a Savior that has come into the world. And we need to be able to tell folk where they can connect with this Savior. Some folk may say the only place you can connect with him is in church, but that's not true. You can connect with him on the street. You can connect with him in the grocery store. You can connect with him anywhere that you are able to lift up your voice and say, Lord, save me. I'm a sinner. 
You can always connect with God because God ain't hard to find. But when we talk about being in place, one of the things we've got to learn to do is be in place. And when you look at these Messiah, these, these wise men, these magi, they came to the place that they thought they were supposed to be, but they were not in the place that they were supposed to be. They were in Jerusalem, but where Jesus was born is in Bethlehem of Judea. They were six miles away from where they were supposed to be. And that shares with me sometimes we're just a little off course. But with the right guidance and the right direction, we can get on course and get to where we're supposed to be. With the right guidance and the right direction, we can get in that place where God wants us to be. But it starts with us, first of all, seeking God. It starts with us going after God and being intentional about going after that relationship with God and being intentional about going after the place where God wants us to be. Because we have gotten to get right. We've got to get over this thing about us doing what we want to do. And we've got to begin to do what God has called us to do. Hallelujah lights. When we learn to be what God has called us to be and do what God has called us to do, this world will be a whole lot better. The world will be a whole lot different if we would learn to stand up as believers and get in place. If we would learn to stand up as believers and get in the place that God is calling us to. He's calling us to be faithful. He's calling us to be righteous. He's calling us to be holy. He's calling us to go out and tell those who are lost that there is a Savior. He's calling us to go out and do the work of an evangelist. He's calling us to go out and do the work of those who already know Christ and want others to know Christ. He's calling us to be beggars that have already found bread and to go and tell somebody else where they can find bread. I heard a story about a man, well, the woman rather had a little shop and, and there's a deer that came into her shop. But as the deer came into her shop, she gave the deer a carrot. The deer left the shop and went out the door. The woman said about 30 minutes later, the deer came back with about four more friends. What that deer discovered was, I know where you can find bread. And I'm going to tell my friends, I'm going to tell others where they can find bread. That's what we've got to be. We've got to be just like that deer. Once we found out that there's a savior, once we discover where Jesus is, once we discover and put Jesus in our life, then we've got to go and tell others about a savior. We've got to go and be in place to tell others that there is a king that has been born into the world. There is a king that has come and he wants to save our soul. That's what we've got to be about. But we've got to make sure that we're in place in order for that to happen. We've got to make sure that we are doing the will of God to let others know about a Savior that has come into the world. When I think about Jesus and you think about this story of where is the newborn king of the Jews, there's a question has been asked, but there was an answer to be given. And when we think about this, the Bible gives us answers. The world has a lots of questions, but the Bible gives us answers to the world's questions. And again, if we spent time to go through those questions, we would be here all day. But I think the one important question is, where is Jesus? How can I find Jesus? That's the question that we need to make sure that we are able to answer, that we know where Jesus is and that we're able to help somebody else discover Jesus for their lives. But not only must we know that there are questions to answer, there are also signs to follow. When you look at the text, it goes on to say that we saw the star, we saw his star rise 
and we know that he is risen. Well, he's there. We saw the star rise. The star was the leading point for the wise men. The star was the one who was giving them the direction that they needed to go. It was the star that was their sign that something was happening. The star was their sign that something was taking place. The star was their sign for the wise men. What's your sign? And I'm not talking about your zodiac sign either. But what's the sign that God has given you? What's the sign that you're following for Almighty God? What's the sign that is guiding your life? You see, the sign is a visible reality that alludes to the invisible reality. The sign is something that we see or we identify, but it's leading us to something that we have not seen or witnessed yet. And when these men saw the star, it was leading them to Jesus. It was leading them to the newborn king. It was leading them to the Messiah, that which they had not seen yet. It was a sign that had appeared in the sky. And I'm so glad that they noticed the sign. Again, have you noticed the signs that God has given you? Many of us go through life and never notice some of the signs that God has given us. We keep wondering what we're supposed to do. We keep wondering why God hadn't given me a word, why God hadn't given me an assignment. Maybe he has, you just haven't noticed the signs that he's been giving you. Maybe he's been giving you signs left and right, but you've been overlooking them. Hallelujah. Well, some of us know that God has been giving us a sign, and we've just been ignoring the signs that God has been giving us. But there are signs that are given to us to follow. These are signs are given to us for a reason, and they're not just given to us for God just to be doing something. If you ever notice throughout Scripture, when God gives a sign to someone, it's for a purpose. It has a reason and a purpose behind it. And when God gives that sign, and he gives it to them, and they begin to see the sign, and they begin to follow the sign, they begin to know what the sign means in their life, then they're on their way to doing the will of God. They're on their way to being in place because they saw the signs. God gave me a sign through a dream. Hallelujah. And at first, I didn't want to follow that sign. At first, I didn't want to go the direction the sign was getting me to go in. I wanted to ignore the sign. But if he do you like he did me, he just makes the sign brighter and brighter and brighter. He turns up the intensity of the sign. Amen. It's almost like he said, oh, you can't see it? Let me turn it up. Oh, you still can't see it? Let me turn it up. Oh, you still can't see it? Let me turn it up. It got to the point that I could no longer ignore the sign that he was giving me. And I had a choice to make. What do I do now? Do I yield to the sign and begin to follow the path that God is laying out for me? Or do I keep ignoring the sign? I chose to quit ignoring the sign and begin to follow the sign that God had given. And when I began to follow the sign that God had given me, it led me to this place. It led me to be in place today. It led me to be in the place of ministry. It led me to be in place because I finally saw the sign. I finally noticed the sign. And I finally began to follow the sign that God had been giving me. What was that sign, John? It was the dream that God had been giving me. A dream that he kept going night after night after night. And it did not stop until I answered the call. 
That dream that kept showing up, that dream that kept coming, that dream that kept coming into my sleep, interrupting my sleep, that dream that had me waking up and wondering what does that mean, that dream that had me saying, no, he can't be talking to me. But when I finally said, I'm going to follow the sign, I'm going to accept the dream, I'm going to accept what God is sharing with me, and I'm going to follow what he's been telling me, that's when everything began to stop. The dreams began to stop because I finally had started to follow the sign. And it helped me to be in place. But my question is, what actions are you taking related to the signs that God has given you? If God has given you some signs, what actions are you taking? Are you still ignoring the signs or are you accepting the signs? Are you walking in the signs that God has given you? Are you walking in the assignment that God has given you? Are you walking in those things that God has called you to? Are you in place for God to use you? Are you in place for God to get the glory out of you? Are you in place to minister to those souls that God has for you? Are you in place? But it starts with us understanding that God has given us some signs to follow. And then the question is, how convict, convicted are you that the sign is from God? When you look at these wise men and you understand that they were so convicted that they were willing to follow this star for possibly about two years. It doesn't tell us how long it took them. It doesn't tell us when they started the journey. All it says is that they saw the star, and by the time they got to Jesus, he was a child. We know that there was a star the night that Jesus was born. We know that there's a star now, and Jesus is around two years old. How long had these men been following that star? How long had they been under the impression the star was making on their life? How long had they been traveling? How long had they dedicated themselves to this journey? It doesn't tell us, but that just helps me to know that we've got to be dedicated for the journey. We got to be convicted that God has called us to this thing. We got to be convicted in our spirit and in our soul and in our very being that God has me on this journey. I'm convicted and I'm convinced that God has me on this journey. I'm convicted and I'm convinced that I didn't start this journey on my own. I'm convicted and I'm convinced that God has a place for me and a plan for me. I'm convicted and I'm convinced that I'm in the place that God wants me to be. I'm convicted and I'm convinced. Are you convicted and convinced that you're following the sign of God? And how long are you willing to follow? Are you ready to be committed full time to following the vision of God? Not just part time, but full time following the vision of God. What does that mean, John, to follow the vision of God full time? It means I don't pick and choose when I want to follow the plan of God. It, doesn't, it means I don't pick and choose the days that I want to follow the plans of God. It means when I wake up on Monday, I want to follow the plan of God. When I wake up on Tuesday, I want to follow the plan of God. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I want to follow the plan of God. Saturday and Sunday, I want to follow the plan of God. I'm so convicted and I'm so convinced that I want to be in the will of God. I want to be in the place of God. I want to be in the very presence of God when God is moving me from place to place and I'm going to follow the signs as they come I'm going to follow the signs because I know it's God that's leading and guiding me and I'm not going to give up I'm not going to care about how long the journey takes but I'll just keep moving because I know that the Lord is blessing me and that the Lord is putting me in place to do his ministry Hallelujah. these wise men followed the signs and they took action as related to the sign that was given them, and that was the star that was in the sky. 
But not only are there answers, questions and to be answered, and not only are there signs to be followed, there is worship to give. Yes. When you notice that these three men, or it doesn't say three, but we often reduce it to three, it says, and we have come to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Every time the church doors open, it's an opportunity to worship. Every time we open our eyes, it's an opportunity to worship. Don't miss your opportunities. Don't miss your opportunities to worship. Don't miss your opportunities to bow before the king. Don't miss your opportunities to give him glory. Don't miss your opportunities to give him the honor that is deserving of his name. Don't miss your opportunity to give God all of you. Don't miss the opportunity to acknowledge that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Don't miss the opportunity to acknowledge him as the ruler in your life. They wanted to give honor to this newborn king. Notice when they showed up, they said, we want to give honor to this newborn king, we want to worship him. They didn't say we want to come and see the baby. They didn't say we want to come and see this child that has been born into the world. But they acknowledged that there was something that had happened in their transition, in their, their journey to Jerusalem. There's something that happened, and as they are discovered that they are now going to the right place, and that is the Judea of Bethlehem, that they might of Bethlehem of Judea that they might worship him and as they're making their way there they came to an understanding of that he is the king of all kings that he is the lord of all lords and they say we want to worship him something had been revealed to them to let them know that this was no ordinary child and by now I hope that you understand that when you worship Jesus you're not just worshiping any ordinary person that this is talking about Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the Lamb of God, Jesus that takes away the sins of the world. We're talking about Jesus, as they say, Mary's little baby, but that baby grew up to be a man that would go to the cross at Calvary. That baby grew up to be a man that would take away the sins of the world. And are you ready to worship him because his name is deserving of our praise? His name is deserving of all glory and honor. Hallelujah. And notice that they were committed and the desire was strong. They were committed and the desire was strong. Well, how do you know that, Jones? Look at how long they traveled. Look at how far they traveled just to come and worship Jesus. Look at how far they were willing to go. How far are you willing to go? How far are you willing to go to worship Jesus? How far are you willing to go to worship the Lord? Hallelujah. I don't want to go to church. It's too late. How far are you willing to go? I'm not going to service. It's too far out. How far are you willing to go? I don't want to go because I'm tired. How far are you willing to go? It doesn't matter if you're tired or not. God will give you strength. I know we need our rest. I know we need to replenish our body. But every now and then you might find yourself 
tired and weary and, and you can't seem to get it together, but you find yourself in the house of the Lord. You find yourself going to the presence of God. You find yourself getting into worship. And there's something about being in that worship. It just began to stir something on the inside of you. You began to feel the energy come as you're in worship. As you began to lift up your hand, you began to feel the energy come. As you began to bow your head before the Lord and cry out hallelujah, you began to feel something changing and transforming on the inside. That's the Lord showing up. The presence of the Lord is coming to give you strength. The presence of the Lord is coming to build you up. And as you find yourself coming into the house of the Lord, weary with your head hung down, now you're leaving with the spirit of rejoicing. Now you're leaving with glory all on the inside of you. Why? Because you came to the house of the Lord. You were willing to overcome the weary and tiredness. You were willing to overcome the challenges and you found yourself in the house of the Lord. I don't know how many times I've been blessed when I say I'm not going. But then I decide I'm going to go anyway. And the Lord shows up and just blesses. I said I'm not going. I'm just going to stay home. But then I said no I better get on up and go. Then the Lord shows up and blesses me. It's been no services where I said I wasn't going that I've gotten the most out of. It's been no services where well, I'm not going to show up today. But the Lord comes in and begins to prompt me. And I, like the Holy Spirit said come on we getting up out of here. And we're going in because we're going to worship God. We're going to worship the King. We're going to get joy on the inside. We're going that we might get the strength that we need. Oh, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. When the King of glory comes in, he brings power. When the King of glory comes in, he brings healing. When the King of glory comes in, he can put you in place. When the King of glory shows up, he will bless your life. When the King of glory shows up, he'll help you to be able to rejoice in times of sorrow. When the King of glory shows up, you'll be able to lift up your voice even when you don't feel good. You'll be able to lift up your voice even when things are going to hell all around you. All because you decided that I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to go in spite of. I'm going to go and give God all the glory. I'm going to go and give God all the praise. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Committed Hallelujah. and desired was strong. Hallelujah. And when you're in the presence, what will you do? When you're in the presence of God, what will you do? When you get in the presence of the king, hallelujah, you got to give him glory. When you get into the presence of the king, you got to honor him. When you get in the presence of the king, you got to acknowledge who he is and all of his glory, all of his splendor, all of his power, all of his might and his majesty. When you get into the presence of the king, you bow down and you worship him. That's why we come to church. We come that we might worship. We come that we might give worship. And giving worship is means that we're giving of ourselves. I want to be in that place where I'm able to give God my all. My all in praise, my all in worship. I want to give God my all, my all in my substance. I want to give God my all. Why? Because I've come to worship the king. Every Sunday that I come, I've got to get prepared to come and worship the king. I've been prepared to come and give God glory. I get prepared to come, and I know that I'm going to come to stand in the presence of the Lord. And that's one place that I love to be, in the presence of the Lord. Why? Because God is good, and because the goodness of the Lord is on me when I come into the presence of the Lord. Yes, yes. But it starts when we're in place. And the only way that we can get in place is to know Jesus. And the only way that we can get to know Jesus is we got to call upon his holy name. 
and ask him to come in and save our lives. And when he comes in to save our lives and he gives us those signs to follow, yes, you may get a sign that say you need to come and receive Jesus. A sign is telling you you need the Lord in your life. There are things sometimes happening all around us. And if you look at the news, you know that there are things that are happening all around us. There are amber alerts going off daily. There are uh, news reports of people being kidnapped and, and people being shot and molested and abused. There are all kinds of things happening in this world that we don't need to have happen. But it all begins with us as believers calling on the name of the Lord and asking God to come into this world and do something about the things that are happening. And that happens when we, the saints, get together. When we, the saints, get together and we begin to follow the signs that God has given us because we are not in the place that we're supposed to be. We're not in the place as intercessors for those who are lost in the world. We're not in the place of those who are able to stand in the gap for those that are going through some things in this world. But when we get in place and we begin to follow the signs that God has given us and we begin to follow those signs and we begin to come to the place of worship, when we truly come to the place and begin to worship, when we begin to all begin to worship on one accord, when we all begin to lift up our voices and give God praise, glory, and honor. When we all begin to lift up our voices and position God for those things that we have before him. When we begin to call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to come in his power and his glory and do something about the tragedies that are happening in the world. When we all call upon the name of the Lord and we come together in worship and we begin to, to worship him for the king that he is. We begin to worship him for the Lord that he is and his power begins to come. His glory begins to fall and descend into the earth and as his glory and his power come it'll begin to move across the earth imagine if we all began to worship across this globe every believer fell on their face before the Lord and began to truly worship every believer began to fall out on the ground and began to cry out to the Lord Lord have mercy on this world Lord come and see about this world Lord you're the glorious one Lord you're the mighty one you're the all breasted one Lord you're the great king of kings and the Lord of lords Lord you are truly the only God God of this world. Lord, you are the great I am. When we began to call on the name of the Lord, and when we began to worship like never before, and when all the saints get together and begin to worship the name of the Lord, God will move in his power. God will move in his glory because we are in place and we're doing what God has called us to do. We're doing the things that we've seen because the signs are showing us the way, and we're following the signs, and we're doing the work of God, but we worship him. We give him glory. We give him honor. And then what a reason to give him the praise and glory and honor. When all of the things start to work out, we really can go into worship. Y'all yeah. talk about going in. When will we go in? When we go in, we can go in on a Monday. We can go in in the noonday hour. We can go in when we're feeling good and when we're feeling bad. All we got to do is begin to think about the goodness of the Lord. To think about how good God has been to you. Think about the last time he brought you out. Think about the last time he brought you through. Think about the last time he brought you over. And you began to worship the Lord and to give him all the glory, all the honor, and all of the praise. That's what we come to do is to worship the Lord and to worship him in the beauty of holiness. We've come that we might be in place so that God can get the glory out of us. Are you ready to be in place? Are you ready to be in place? Are you ready to be in place? These wise men found themselves getting in place when they got the questions answered. Where is this child? They found themselves being in place when they followed the signs that God had given them. And when they got in place, they worshiped. 
They worshiped the baby. They worshiped the king that was born. They worshiped Jesus, the Messiah. It all happened when they got in place. Are you ready to be in place? Amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We pray that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, drop us an email at wesleyonmain at yahoo.com. That's wesleyonmain at yahoo.com to let us know how this message has touched your life. Until next time, God bless.